I need thee every hour. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit. Oh, how we need the Holy Spirit. Every hour, every day, every part of life. I am excited this morning and I am privileged to have the the opportunity to focus on the Holy Spirit. In fact, for the next two Sundays, I plan to preach about the Holy Spirit and about, uh, I, I really don't, I mean, I want this to be theological and, and to be deeply uh, connecting to our faith. But what I really, really want and I've been praying for is that as we talk about the Holy Spirit, it'll be on a real practical level for who we are and what we need. The Holy Spirit, that topic is one of my favorite as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, because I feel so much, so much that the church must cry out for and listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and His authority in our lives, His role in our lives, uh, is so important to you if you're a Christian, a believer today. With Him, I believe that God has promised and He will. He will be with us. He will help us to navigate everything in our lives when we're listening to the Holy Spirit. Every challenge, every desire, every decision, if we're listening to the Holy Spirit, He will give us what we need for this life. And I'm so thankful for that. Without the Holy Spirit, Christians are left powerless uh, with no spiritual strength and and so vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy in the world. The Holy Spirit is so important to my life and and to your life. The Holy Spirit gives us those little reserves that we need for everything that goes on in our lives. He teaches us. He trains us. He he guides us so that we can we can navigate life and do it in a way that is is, if you, if you like this word, victorious. That we can sense His Spirit to lead us and guide us. And, oh, the Holy Spirit is needed in my life. And the Holy Spirit, I know, is needed in each one of your lives. We've talked about you know, several weeks ago and throughout this season what kind of church God wants us to be in 2022. And, and some, some ideas about what it is that God's looking in for us as a, as a people, both individually but also as a group, and, and the Mifflinburg Church of the Nazarene. And I've, I've thrown out quite a few things, and today I, I want to talk about another one. And of course it is that, that this morning I want to add to that mix of what kind of church God wants us to be. God wants us to be a Holy Spirit-led church. A Holy Spirit-led church. God really wants us to be governed by His Holy Spirit in who we are and what we do and what our priorities are and how we respond and how we react. God wants us to be a church that's led by His Spirit every day, every Sunday, every Tuesday, every Friday when we're the church, whether it's in this building or it's at work or it's at the store or it's at home with our family that the Holy Spirit wants to have His uh, spirit in our life so that every moment of every day we're led by him and and he wants that for our church and he wants that for me and he wants that for each one of us led filled speaking renewing correcting 
the Holy Spirit has such an important role in my heart and my, and my life. It's a lifeline that refills God's people with strength and vitality and mission and vision and all those things that we need to live the Christian life, to live it well. Purpose and balance and focus, all those things, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the great one to speak into our lives and, and make us what God wants us to be. He reminds us of deep things that are important. He confronts us at times about who we are and He gives us the truth of God to help us. The word used many times in the, in the New Testament that's on my mind is the word fullness. Fullness. All of God speaking into my life. God has complete permission and the invitation in order to listen to everything that He says to me. And that He'll speak and I'll respond to Him. Yes, a church of people who are in tune with, with every moment, walking with the Holy Spirit. As we focus on the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would sense God's Spirit speaking to you about your life, about hunger and thirst, and that desire deep down to hear Him and respond to Him. Whether you're here today, you're listening, or you're watching somewhere near or far away, that, that you would have a hunger on the inside for the Holy Spirit. That you wouldn't be satisfied enough. You wouldn't be satisfied to say, I've had enough of God. No, I want more of God. I, I want to hear that voice to guide me and help me to know what, what He wants for me. I have, I have enjoyed so much the prayer journal. Some of you, about, about 95 of you actually took the prayer journal that we gave out a few weeks ago. And I've enjoyed this prayer journal so much. And I've, a few of you have talked to me about it and given me some of your thoughts. And boy, the scriptures, they're not long at all. But every day, a scripture about prayer, about the Holy Spirit, that's really what the focus is. It's 35 days to Pentecost from when we began on May the 1st. And each one of them are about the Holy Spirit and prayer and what Jesus is going to speak to us about, what Jesus wants to say to each one of us about through the Holy Spirit. And so if you didn't get a journal and you still want, we're halfway done, but there's still a few around. And, and uh, I just love to invite you to be a part of that and, and read these scriptures about the Holy Spirit and about prayer. It's been so meaningful to me. And uh, I hope it's been to you as well. I want to ask you to look at this verse, Romans chapter 15, verse 13, as we talk about the Holy Spirit today. Romans chapter 15, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul talks about in the end of this letter to the church uh, uh, at Rome, to the Roman Christians there, how important it is that they understand the Holy Spirit and they're engaged with the Holy Spirit. And Paul, in this verse, this one verse, gives them quite a few things about how important the Holy Spirit is to them and what it will help them with. Look at what Paul says here in this verse. Number one, he says there's great hope. We have the God of hope. We serve the God of hope. So he gives us great hope in him. Paul says that we have this amazing hope in this world 
because of who the Holy Spirit is, that we're not alone. We're not left to just kind of do it on our own and get by, but God promises His Spirit to come and speak to us day by day and lead us and nudge us and guide us. And twice in this verse, He talks about the hope, the great hope, the hope that God is and the hope that He wants to give to us. He also gives a picture of joy. He uses the term in this verse, filled with joy. The Holy Spirit fills us. There's a fullness of God's presence. And when the Holy Spirit is filling us, it means other things are pushed out and washed out that need to be gone. So that we're focused on the things that God wants us to. His precious Holy Spirit. His peace and trust. Paul writes here that we have peace and trust in Him when we're in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not in our own strength. It is in the power of the Godhead when we're trusting and we're listening to the Holy Spirit. And if we do that, there'll be overflow in our life, an overflow and abundance of something that just comes out because there's so much going in. God, I I want your Spirit so much that what comes out of me is your Holy Spirit. What people see in me is a response and a reaction of faith and trust and listening to your Spirit. Now, if you would, turn to John chapter 14. And I want to read from John chapter 14 this morning, an incredible chapter that's about the Holy Spirit. In fact, John chapter 14 and 15 and 16 and 17 are kind of all, to me, all tied together. This is the last night that Jesus had before he was arrested. And he said some very important things here. And he talks about in these chapters, and we're going to read from chapter 14, about the importance of the Holy Spirit. Begins with chapter 14, verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that where I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where where I am. This passage begins with Jesus talking about going away. He has said it several times to his disciples before, but here, very clearly on the night that he's arrested, Jesus is explaining some things important to his disciples, and he's telling them, I'm going away. They still don't get it. He is literally probably within a couple of hours or three or four hours from being arrested, and he's telling them, I'm going away. But they don't understand it. They, they, they won't understand it until the resurrection. They really won't fully understand it until the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost. But he's telling them, I'm going to leave you. I'm going away. Uh, and and uh, you need to be ready for that. You need to know that. You need to be aware of that. Jesus is leaving. Jesus speaks so much in this chapter about what's going to happen after he leaves. Uh, He speaks about the importance of the Father in heaven and the role of the Father. And he tells his disciples, when I'm gone, I need you to know about the role of the Father. And so part of these verses and chapters are about the Father in heaven. And Jesus helps us to understand how he's one with the Father. And how do we... How do we process this idea of a God up there that we don't see and Jesus that came to the earth? How do we understand that they're, they're the same God? Well, in John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17, Jesus is, is talking about the importance of understanding the Father, understanding the connection between Jesus and the Father. 
Also, Jesus tells them here simply, he's preparing a place for us. It's a scripture that uh, I've read many times, and other pastors here have probably read many times at, at funerals as people wonder about uh, uh, someone that they, they've loved and what happens to them. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And he tells his disciples, I'm leaving, but I'm not leaving without a purpose. I'm going to prepare something for you. And he says, in my father's house are many rooms. Then he tells them, I'm going to come back again. He gives them that assurance that you will see me again. And so, in the midst of that leaving and the promises, then he begins to talk about the importance of what's going to come after that. And that's that the Holy Spirit is going to come. Now, this was all for these disciples. Uh, Just before he went to the cross, he's telling them, The Holy Spirit is going to come. Something is going to happen that's going to be big and important. And it's going to be for all of the church and all of eternity. For all the days to come. That's the theme. That's kind of the words of Jesus now as we we go on to the the rest of the chapter. and, And read what Jesus says specifically about the Holy Spirit. He's promised that the Holy Spirit would come. And now he begins to talk about it. Look at verse uh, 15 of of John chapter 14. I'm going to read three verses there. And then three verses a little bit from there. If you love me, verse 15 says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives in you. He lives with you and will be in you. And then go to verse 25. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Here in these two sections of John, and I just chose two out of several that I could have, Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit is coming to us and to our lives and who we are, and He's going to be with us. These chapters remind us and tell us about the preciousness of the the, the triune nature of God, called the, call it the Trinity, and how each one of the natures of God are so important to us and how we relate to God and how we relate to the, the lives that we have. Uh, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It truly is a, a profound mystery. Maybe you go back to that last slide with those three things that I just said. God the Father, God the Son, and God the, the Holy Spirit. This chapter tells us of the, of the link and the oneness of the Godhead, which is so special when you think about, can God connect to my life? When I understand who God is in His three expressions, He's the Father in heaven, He's the Son who came to the earth and died for my sins, and He's the Holy Spirit that will be with me every moment and every day, the rest of my life and into all eternity. Jesus gives us a picture of that unity and that oneness in these chapters that's very, very precious. He tells us that they are one. Jesus says, I am one with my Father. I am linked 
we have strength together because we're one. And he sent me and I know him and he knows me and we're together. In the same way, he says, the Holy Spirit now is going to come to you and link to you and be linked to the Father and to me. The work of the Holy Spirit explained and described by Jesus is so important for your life that you listen to and you're listening for the voice of that that living Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit is alive. The Holy Spirit is not a ghost. I know that sometimes, you know, at least long ago, I, my concept of the Holy Spirit was a Holy Ghost up until I was probably 16 or 17 years old. I always just heard about a ghost. I had no idea that the Holy Spirit of God was a real being who came to speak to me and help me. But I want you to know the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost of God is given to help you in your life. And there's so many promises in these words, in these chapters about what the Holy Spirit promises to do. I want to say four things about the Holy Spirit this morning specifically. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the promise of God. The Holy Spirit has been promised by the Godhead. When I say God, I mean God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Long, long ago, it was God's plan that Jesus would come and die for our sins and be resurrected and go to heaven. And then God planned for His Spirit to come and to be with man. I mean, this is a continuation of the plan of God. This isn't, oh... uh, Jesus died. We weren't expecting that. This is the plan of God. That he would send his full spirit to your life after Jesus went back to heaven. He is the promise of God. Jesus promised that. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Again, there's this connection between the Father and the Son. They're working together. They're planning. They're communicating. They're one And they both are saying, okay, now it's time. It's time for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. It's time for the day of Pentecost. It's time for a new day for the church. It's a time when I prepare those disciples and they've been with me for three years. And and now the Holy Spirit is going to come and give them the power to show them how to witness and how to live. And the Holy Spirit is going to continue the work of the Father and the Son. The, the role of the Father and the Son is now in heaven, but the role of the Holy Spirit is to be here on the earth with you. He promised by God. God made a promise to you. And today, I want you to know if you're a believer and a Christian, God has promised that the Holy Spirit is in you. Whether or not you sense it or you feel it all the time, God's Spirit is in you if you're a Christian, if you're a believer. You might listen to Him or you may not listen to Him, but He's there. And He's waiting for you to tune into Him and hear Him and listen to His voice and respond to what He's showing you, the opportunities that you have. Again, this isn't really meant to be an advertisement, but it's really how I feel about this little book after two days and one day, this prayer journal. Every day... Every day I've had the privilege of reading one verse, maybe 15 or 18 or 25 or 30 words long, and listen to the Holy Spirit. God, what do you say to me? God, what do you say? I'll just open up to uh, any day. Day five. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. 
so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Oh my. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me about the conflict I've had? What are you saying to me about the struggle I feel at times with people and sometimes I don't know how to resolve it? Oh God, what does your Holy Spirit say to me? In so many places, if you just simply open your heart and your spirit and you listen and you stop talking and you listen, you listen, God will show you His truth in your heart and your spirit. I'm so thankful for that promise. I'm so thankful that, that, that my life and my failure or my success is not rooted in everything I do. It is really rooted in the promise of the Holy Spirit. And whether or not I hear His voice and I listen to Him. Whether or not I can put away the other talk and put away all the other voices and there's so many of them. If I can, if I can uh, bring in the Holy Spirit's voice about the issues in my life, how much God wants to say to me. Uh, Jesus said, I'm leaving. But He said, the Holy Spirit will come. He will be with you. Listen to what He says here in this verse. He will be with you forever. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, He's not just going to come in and, you know, stop in and on Tuesday and say, Hey, Wayne, how's it going in your Christian faith? Or, you know, you know what happened yesterday and you, I think you ought to think about your attitude or how you're handling that or, you know, I want you to go do this. If He's there on Tuesday, He's also there on Wednesday. It's on Fridays, on Monday. He's there every moment. And He'll be there forever. That's the promise of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to beg God's Spirit to listen to you when you pray. You don't have to say, Oh God, I'm crying out to you because you can't hear me and I'm so desperate. No. His Holy Spirit is right there. If anything, be more quiet when you pray. Be silent before the Holy Spirit. As when you get quiet before the Holy Spirit and your heart is tuned to Him, you will hear things you've never heard in your life about His truth, about the world, about everything that you hear, about your opinion. Jesus said, I will leave, but He will come. Not a single second, if you're a believer, through the end of your life, will the Holy Spirit not be there for you. I mean, if you're a believer... The Bible tells us He's in us and He won't leave us. Same way Jesus said, I'll never leave. The way, reason Jesus said, I will, leave, I will never leave you or forsake you is He's talking about the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit too. God is always with us. Jesus made sure of that. Those days between uh, the resurrection, ascension of Jesus and Pentecost might be the only days. And you know what Jesus told them? To those believers, you get into a room by yourselves and keep praying till the Holy Spirit comes. You pray and then you don't stop praying till the Holy Spirit comes. That's how important the Holy Spirit was in the early church. That's how important the Holy Spirit is for you. The Holy Spirit is here if, if we're listening, if we're shutting out the other voices. The Holy Spirit is that promise of God. But you know, not, but let me read that one more time here. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. 
you know, it's not just through the end of this life, but the Holy Spirit's going to be with us through all of eternity. There's not a single arrow ahead of infinity and eternity that God's Spirit's not going to be with the believer. Think of that. Wow, He's with me for good. There's nowhere I can go without God's Holy Spirit. There's no circumstance that I'm going to become involved with that God's Spirit's not there. There's no pain that will exist in my life, but that the Holy Spirit of God will be there. There's no victory in my life that Holy Spirit's going to check out of and say, ah, you know, I'm too busy for you. But every single circumstance of my life, the Holy Spirit is there. And He's there for you. You call out to Him and you listen to Him. Oh, that's beautiful. Forever. The second thing I want to say specifically about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. God Himself. Not a substitute. Not a somebody coming to kind of fill in while God's busy. The Holy Spirit is all of God to speak to your heart and life. I mean the fullness of God. It's the Father and the Son together coming and His Holy Spirit speaking to us. What a beautiful thought of the combination of Jesus' ministry. That's why Jesus says several times here in one other place how the Holy Spirit's going to come and remind you of what I've said. The Holy Spirit will come and remind you of all the things that Jesus said and did. Because they're one. All of God, consistent, faithful, continuing. He's enough to help us with every need we have. Everything we feel. The Holy Spirit is enough if we are responsive and open to Him. The Holy Spirit. Both, both verse 16 and verse 26, and both of those is described as the advocate. Our helper, another term for helper, and to be translated a number of ways. But I want you to think about the role of the Holy Spirit as your advocate. Somebody who is watching out for you. The Holy Spirit is watching out for you. The Holy Spirit has your best interest in mind. And when He speaks to you, it's because He wants what's best. Like a, a loving parent, when we are concerned about our a child, we, we tell them, don't go out in the street, not because we want to restrict them, but because we love them. We want to guide them, and we want them to do well. The Holy Spirit is our advocate. Another translation paints the picture of the Holy Spirit as our as, as our attorney acting on our behalf, our kind of our defense attorney and standing before the judge and speaking for us, interceding for us on our behalf. This is a picture that how Jesus describes the Holy Spirit that he's, he's on your side. He is not there to, to, to tell you that you're lost. He's there to, to help you to come out of anything that would hurt you and to bless your life and your heart and your spirit. He is your friend. He's your advocate. You don't have to be afraid of God's Spirit. You don't have to be afraid that God is somehow up there in heaven with a clipboard ready to get you with the, the lightning bolt, but the Holy Spirit's kind of holding him back. It's not like that at all. He sent the Holy Spirit to be your advocate. Oh, He, he knows what you're dealing with. He knows the, the things that you're facing in your life, and He's there to help you, to intercede for you on your behalf. And He's in you. Today He wants to help you. 
Whatever you're facing, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're struggling with, the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is your teacher, your reminder. He reminds you of everything Jesus has said. Jesus says that several times. What a precious thought. But the advocate, verse 26, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. Jesus said, I want you to know that Holy Spirit is a continuation of me. My peace is still here. My peace is with you. My peace is on you. My peace is in the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm here. You don't have to be afraid that you're going to be abandoned, but I'm here. He's there to speak into our hearts. He's there to speak into our minds. He's here to speak into our worldview. But we have to listen we have to tune out the other things. Uh, as many years ago that the term was coined or somebody came up, we're now living in the information age. I don't know when that began or, you know, but I'll just use the term information age. Certainly I think about computers and, and so many things. Uh, the information age. We have so much coming at us. I mean, compared to 40 years ago, we have so much coming at us information. My goodness. Ways that we can watch the news and listen to anything. And every, I mean, you know, when I was born, it was basically the radio, the newspaper, and this thing that some people were getting in their, whole, their homes called a television set, you know. I remember watching the landing on the moon, 1969. That was big for our family because my mom and dad, I think they got the TV so we could, that week or something. And we all watched it. Wow, black and white. Think of the information that's available today. There's almost no information out there that's not available to you. Almost. I mean, if it's knowable, it's, or if it's known, it's out there. You can get the drawings for any sophisticated weapon in the world if you know where to look. And, uh, you know, the information is out there. But with that comes uh, some things that I think we ought to be careful about. With that comes the potential of false information. We know that. Oh, it comes with all kinds of conflicting people's opinions about this and that and COVID and everything else in the world. So because we're in the information age, everybody can have an opinion. Everybody can write their opinion and their thoughts and their evidence. And, you know, we have all this information out there. Some of it is going to be true and some will be false. You know why? Because there's an enemy that will try to use the information age to destroy us too. It's not just that some people will lie and make things up, but the enemy will try to destroy us by things that aren't true and confuse us about what might be true. He is the author of what? Confusion. And boy, there's a lot of confusion that we feel today because we live in the information age as part of it. False information misleading information, partial true stuff that we're not really sure. Well, is that, maybe it is a little true. Maybe it's mostly true. So we're in this 
place and time of back and forth and struggle or commit the one and not the other. And I just want to, I just want to say as a warning to us about all the information that we have available to us. No wonder Solomon went mad. He talked about knowledge and whew, you can have all the knowledge in the world and you will go crazy. You can be very smart and be very messed up. You can even have it right about most things. But you can be so far from what the Holy Spirit wants for your life. Misinformation, false information. Here's another one. Distracting information. We have so much information out there that we don't have time to read it all. I have so many books on my desk. About every five weeks, I move another pile back to a shelf. Magazines, articles, things on email, denomination, people in the church. Man, I got so much to read. If, if all I did was read, I'd, I have enough to read already for about 100 years right now, you know. Oh, God, what do you want me to read? God, what do you, what do you want me to read? Oh, I'm not knocking information at all. We all got to find that level and the amount of time that we listen to all that stuff. You, you got to be nowhere. You got to know where I'm going. The Holy Spirit must be our teacher and our source. Not political opinion, not government stuff, not monetary policy, not religion, not medicine, but the Holy Spirit has got to be our source. If we're not begging for the Holy Spirit, then we are likely to be led down a path of either false information, misleading information, or distracting information that will rob us of being the church that God wants us to be. I, I think we care far more about all those things that the Holy Spirit of God does, honestly. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I think He cares about loving God with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, and loving our neighbor as ourself, helping the poor, Clothing the naked. All those things Jesus talked about. All those things that we read about. The Holy Spirit will come and show us, remind us of what Jesus said. I think of the parable that Jesus told of the soils and the seed that fell on rocky ground and probably know the story. The third one, the seed went in and grew up and sprouted and grew and looked good and looked great. But then the weeds came in and choked it and it never bare, never bore fruit. Think we live in that age where the, we have the Holy Spirit or we have all this other stuff. Which, which one? Which one are we listening to? I don't know how much time you have and 
Some are busier than others. I understand that. Some are more distracted than others. Just simply aren't in a pattern. And others love it for hours and hours every day. But how much time do you have? To sit quietly before the Holy Spirit. And hear what he says. About all the things that are going on in life around us. And there's a lot of them. How much do we have to listen? Any other teacher. Any other teacher then the Holy Spirit will likely miss the heart of God about all those things. They may get part of it. They have voices that help us. I'm not knocking voices. I'm saying if the Holy Spirit isn't the voice you listen to, then you're, you're not going to find the mission that God wants for you spiritually. You're not going to find the influence that God wants for you. You'll miss so much. We've all heard the phrase, man's best friend. Many of you probably, yeah, I don't know about you cat lovers, but man's best friend. I had a dog named Queenie when I was a kid, a German shepherd. She was my best friend. She was good. But I want to say to you, to be a Christian, your best friend has got to be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Your best friend. Your best friend. Think about that. That one that you listen to the most, you care about the most. Uh, you respect the most. You're hungry for the most. The Holy Spirit. Oh, He loves, He just loves to speak to your heart and to your life. He wants that. He desires that. And He rewards that. Oh, it's exciting to feel that. That moment, those moments in your life when you're listening and God's speaking. Oh, it fills you with such joy and peace. Part of Romans 15 that we talked about before. And He fills us with your Spirit. What about your life today? Do you need to tune out some of all the other information, knowledge, viewpoints, whatever? Do you need to listen more to the Holy Spirit? He wants to speak to you today. Would you stand, please? Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit and pray today that you would speak to our hearts and our lives about the role of the Holy Spirit and the presence and the promise of the Holy Spirit. Lord, as I think about all these things that describe the Holy Spirit, I'm thankful that you uh, knew about us and loved us and you sent that Holy Spirit to be with us. Help us not to take it for granted. Help us not to quench it. Help us not to belittle it. But God, help us to hold the Holy Spirit in reverent worship where you want that to be in our lives. Just because we can't see it, God, help us to know how real your Spirit is and seek you and call out for you and listen to you every day. God, help us to be hungry for the Holy Spirit in our lives, I pray. Thank you for John. Thank you for these words. Thank you for all these words that 
Jesus describes the work of the Holy Spirit. May it be real in our hearts and our spirits, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you for all those that are online today. God bless you and uh, all you that are out there. God bless. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.